0: Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about a Texas state rep says audit the vote, interview with former military intelligence officer, Captain Seth Keschel, and Macron does a U-turn on the vaccine passport. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned.
1: Debbie Giorgiadis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth.
0: Hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's first five. I'm Debbie Giorgiadis. Texas State Rep Steve Toth has proposed a bill which would entail requiring an audit, an election audit in the 13 most populous counties in Texas. This is as a result of, or because of, the ongoing concern in America related to the most recent elections, the 2020 election cycle, more and more people aware that things didn't seem to really add up in 2020, and wanting to have an audit. And I did a little bit of looking about audits today, just to mention a couple things to you. Uh, One is, you know, audit's a broad term. You can use it just to mean, physically counting the votes again. You can audit election procedures, whether they were followed accurately. But the point of this bill is to say, even in Texas, where I think no one's really questioning the outcome, it seemed very clear that President Trump won and that the two that the state-level elections appeared to have been accurate. And so there's, and maybe they weren't, we don't know, but there hasn't been a big outcry in Texas about election integrity. So right away, of course, uh, the mockery mob has started, saying essentially that this bill is unnecessary, that you know, we have great procedures in Texas, we're all set, shouldn't be bothering with it. And I wanted to say, I think that, I've had long had the thought, and I'll say it here, I think that after elections, there ought to be an audit provided by law in every state, not of every single vote in every single county, but maybe a procedure set up by each state where the counties as they're going through the election process have no idea if their county is going to be chosen for an audit. Audits will simply keep people in line. The counting procedures, whether procedures were followed with respect to whatever it is, showing ID, permitting people to vote when they weren't registered, or permitting them to vote several times, all the things that we, we know go wrong just have an audit in the back of everyone's minds ahead of time that says, you know what, this could happen. Now Macron's bill, the, excuse me, the, uh, the bill that Steve Toth has in Texas already, as I mentioned, the mockery mob is starting. Some people claiming, well, the bill is calling for, beginning to, uh, starting this audit no later, or yeah, by November of this year and completing it by February of next year. And people pointing out, well, you know, we actually need the machines for the next election cycle. We can't hold them. You know, you can adjust the details, you can fix those issues, you can change the timing, you can order longer holding on to paper ballot records, you can change procedures to get to the point where you can have an audit that's doable in Texas and everywhere every year. And the reason I think this is so important is because because of what occurred in the 2020 election cycle there is a widespread mistrust among the American people about whether or not our election procedures are accurate, whether they're honest. There was recent polling, uh, and it was actually interesting to see, it isn't just Republicans who aren't very sure about the election outcome in 2020. Uh, They are, I mean, there is still a majority of Republicans who'd say they believe that the presidency, that Joe Biden is sitting in the White House because of election fraud. That's still a majority of Republicans think that. More broadly, there are even, it's not a majority, but it's a significant plurality of independents think the same idea. They're concerned about the elections. Even some relatively small percent of Democrats say there was something wrong in the 2020 elections. We had a lot of damage to the election system in in America in 2020, and the idea of just saying one way to do this, one way to correct this, is to have a more open and transparent process. If you listen to my show very often, you know that we've talked a great deal about the elections of 2020. We've had Russ Ramsland join us on the show two or three times just on this topic, running through the data that appeared to show, through the research done by his team, appeared to show the electronic shifting, the shifting of the the voter tabulation software in computers. That was one, aspect that appeared to show that there had been electronic election fraud. We've talked about the data that was just inexplicable except for fraud. The whole notion, for example, in America we have 19 counties that are considered bellwether that they pretty much every time go with the winner. They choose the presidential candidate that the nation chooses. And in this most recent election cycle, 18 of those 19 went for Trump, and I think it was like by an average of 13 or 11 or 13 points. So the bellwether counties, nearly all of them said, yep, it's going to be Trump. And one bellwether county said, no, it's actually a Biden victory. It was only by one or two points. Point of it was many, many, many indicia that you can look at cause reasonably well-informed people, reasonable and well-informed people to question the accuracy, the validity of the elections of 2020. Not to mention that just kind of pedestrian observations if you look at the size crowds that President Trump could draw you know announcing two days ahead of time he'd like to come for a rally and no one was actually coming to listen to President Biden uh, anywhere he went and so there are just common sense indicia there are people the evidence Mike Lindell has been putting out we've been talking about that extensively the data packets that appear to show flipping and so in wrapping up the first five I'll say there is, is really a wonderful idea for state legislators to say we're gonna do as much as we can to help the American public become trustful again in the election process. Help the American public understand that we have safeguards in place and that we are watching, and and as I'm advocating, and we're going to have audits afterward so we can actually look at what occurred and everyone engaged in in, uh, implementing the elections, the administrators down to the election judges and all the clerks and everybody else, poll watchers, knows that you just may be where an audit is going to occur. This will go a long way. So that's the end of my first five where I'm, I'm very, very, I'm proud of Steve Toth. Actually, I want one other point about this. The mockery mob has been on you know high alert since the elections of 2020, not just claiming that there was no election fraud or very little election fraud, so therefore no reason to be talking about it, but they've also engaged in the tactic leftists use on issue after issue after issue after issue, which is the mocking and ridicule and scorn heaped on anyone who dares to challenge whatever the left's narrative is on any subject the left tells you what truth is and you're supposed to just go along with them on a wide variety of issues election fraud has been a big one like that the uh, and the social media companies you know on this show we've had my show taken down by youtube i don't even know how many times and punished and suspended for a week all of that because of discussing, of even having a conversation about whether or not there was election fraud that may have impacted the outcome of the 2020 election. So social media helped shut down the conversation. The uh, broader, more broadly speaking, left-wing media in the country, the Democrat Party, everyone's saying stop talking about that. In fact, they're saying it so much, it kind of makes you want to talk about it because you understand there's some concern. It's kind of like that old adage about, you know, you know you're over the target when you're taking fire. When you're discussing a subject, the left wants you to stop talking about, you're probably right. But wrap up the first five by saying, this is a vital thing for people in America to demand of their elected officials to do what they can, not just to assure election integrity, but to give the public, the American people, a vehicle to understand, to review, a transparent vehicle so they themselves can understand that election fraud did not occur. And this, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Today we have in studio, Seth Keschel. He's joining us to talk about a whole other avenue or aspect related to election fraud. And I wanna just give you the briefest description of it because um, I think it'll help as we uh, get into talking with him about what he knows about. The gist of what he does, he's a very mathematical guy, analytical guy, can keep numbers in his head. And he talk, he's essentially looking at voter registration data For example, and here in Texas, we don't register by party, so it's maybe a little bit harder. We just have, you know, we can only tell the the party affiliation of any voter because of which primary they chose to vote in. We don't have registered Democrat, registered Republican, but many states do. So he looks at voter registration data and trends, the outcome of of changes in voter registration, therefore, you know, playing out in the, the next elections and compares that data. He has a distinction, and I think this is going to be accurate. I'll ask him in a moment as he joins us. I believe he has a distinction that he actually called the 2016 elections, using the data he studies, he called the 20 election, um, 2016 election well before it happened for Donald Trump. Well, that would be one of the few people in all of America who did that, but using his analytical mind, his mathematical ability, and his willingness to dive deep into numbers. He called the 2016 election. And right now, what he's gonna to talk to us about is looking at the voting pattern, the trends and registration, whether or not what he's looked at, in fact, he does say this, what he is uncovering about 2020, is further evidence of election fraud. So please help me welcome the show. We have Seth Keschel, hello, sir. Thank you,
1: Debbie, thanks for having me on.
0: I'm so glad you're here. Did I get in the ballpark of accurate in describing what it is you do in terms of coming up with election data?
1: You did. Now, if you ask my uh, loyal Telegram followers, we continually get a lot of new questions and similar questions. But look, data is uh, comes in many forms. I look at what we would call open source information, open source intelligence. It's a key discipline in military intelligence, and one of the things that uh, is important and often overlooked is stuff that you can find on a Secretary of State website, stuff that you can find in a newspaper. And 70 percent of what enemy forces overseas know about U.S. forces comes from Facebook. Soldiers taking pictures in front of chow halls gives distance from a from a dining facility and where attacks can be uh, launched. Um, 70% of the information they find in open places. So many people are going through the weeds for all sorts of stuff when most of the time the history is right in front of you, all the trends are in front of you. In states that we're gonna talk about like Pennsylvania and Michigan, um, the trends are very obvious. Pennsylvania registers its voters by party. So you mentioned that most Republicans believe the election was determined by election fraud. You have about 30% of Democrats if you look at the Rasmussen poll, which is much higher than what the Hill put out and 40% of independents. And really, if people would look at this data um, with open eyes, you would see the Electoral College absolutely belonged to Donald Trump on election night.
0: That's how I get into. So just to be clear what you just said, this Rasmussen polling is saying 30% of Democrats, 40% of independents, and over half of Republicans, somewhere between 58 to 62%, 75%,
1: 75,
0: believe the election outcome was not accurate, that Biden didn't win.
1: Correct, 51% overall and which is up 4% from the time of the election. So this is not trending. If we want to talk about trends, that's not going in the right direction for the current administration.
0: Well, not and for the people trying to silence the discussion, it's not going in the right direction. Yeah, people no. want to know. Okay, so just basically describe, you look at data, and, and I love, but I should have mentioned introducing you. So our, our guest today is actually great with numbers and analytics, and he did actually, we're not going to go into the long history, but he did baseball statistics. And you know baseball statistics in, uh, for Ole Miss, uh, uh, baseball analytics, and you know you hear those things. My husband and sons will be watching games, and you'll hear this, you know, impossibly detailed spewing of data about you know how often a left-handed hitter hit on a Tuesday and what was raining, whatever it is. I mean, major, major statistical orientation of baseball. But so you you have this skill in your head, long time skill. You did military intelligence. Tell us basically how you got to the conclusion in 2016 ahead of the election that Trump is going to win.
1: The media actually tipped that off. So polling, I I don't do polls. There's a couple people in the industry that are honest people. One of them who I will shout out is the People's Pundit, Richard Barris. He's very good, B-A-R-I-S. He's a very honest guy. He also estimates very conservatively. So if he tells you that a state's going by two points, it's absolutely going to go to that candidate. But um, Richard's honest, but the media is not in their polling. The polling is used to suppress conservative votes, conservative enthusiasm and turnout. It's also used to shift opinions. And as you see in this state here, they've been bleeding about a battleground Texas for over 10 years. And it was a laughing stock for a couple of years. And now we have some closer races and people are nervous. But um, when you look at these numbers the media tipped off ohio in 2016. they said that trump was going to carry ohio and they said by four points so my rule of thumb on polls is if a mainstream poll says it's good for a republican then he's going to win and not only is he going to win by four he's going to win by more than that so i started going to the drawing board with trump in ohio by four which means seven or eight points and going back through history where is pennsylvania and michigan in relation to ohio and it showed me that pennsylvania and michigan would be in the trump column And now all the trends since 2016, especially in Pennsylvania, which is the canary in the coal mine, indicates that Trump carried Pennsylvania by probably at least 6%, which I put out on the war room yesterday, over 400,000 votes. It was a tremendous beating.
0: Okay, let's. Pennsylvania is a great place to start. You are saying that Pennsylvania, according to your analysis of the data, Trump won it by, what did you say, 400,000 votes? Over
1: 400,000. That's a conservative estimate and about 6 plus percent, 6 to 8%
0: okay how did you get to that
1: well we have some graphics i believe you're going to show the audience but there's a and it's a sampling of four counties but pennsylvania for registration data it has a democrat plurality registration so these are old school fdr gave my granddad his first pair of boots kind of democrats not your west coast ones not your austin ones So these began in 2008, I like to call it the peak of the Democrats in the industrial Midwest, aka the Rust Belt, where Obama grabbed up all the unions, he grabbed up soft Republicans, he grabbed up independents, minority votes with record percentages, and also eight years of a Republican administration, which finished very poorly um, at his back, so a tailwind and a, a landslide election of PA. And ever since that, it's been downhill. Mitt Romney did not captivate the conservative grassroots nor did he pull away the working class but democrat membership dropped beginning in 2012.
0: Okay so in Pennsylvania uh, you're talking about the the uh, amazing success actually of Obama in 2008. Obama gets Pennsylvania for that collection of voters you just described and then just to be sure I'm understanding so you're saying after that time the registration or support in Pennsylvania for Democrats was starting to go down
1: It did. And it only moved one percent in favor of Republicans and voter registration. And it was not because Romney added to the voter pool for Republicans. It was because the Democrats collapsed. That became um, evident in about 2010. The Tea Party came around and you had more populism, which pulls in the working classes. Yeah. By 2012, uh, Romney had cut the margin of defeat in Pennsylvania in half. He lost the state by five. And then from 12 to 16, you saw a very large registration move towards the GOP. And it was all because of Trump, working class appeal. Wow. And you had a 3% shift in registration, pro-GOP and minus Democrat, and Trump f- moved the state six points, flipped it. So 60 counties trended more Republican in registrations and then 62 went more Republican in the vote. So here in the last four years, if I'm honestly going to forecast that Trump would give back Pennsylvania, that he would lose Pennsylvania, because Obama lost two states that he won in 08 in his reelection. If Trump's giving back Pennsylvania, you're going to see the registration data go back towards the Democrats. And instead it went another three points to Republicans at a 21 to one ratio of net new voters, 242,000 new Republicans and only 12,000 net new Democrats.
0: First of all, as a small aside, I'm astonished the numbers you can keep in your head. When you were interviewed by this professor, David Clements, he made one of the funniest comments, which was people who aren't good with numbers go to law school. He's right. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed and it's a great thing. So, uh, you know, you gave me some slides we can put up. Are you talking about like York County? Is that a good one to put up to start? Is that help?
1: York County's a great county. Okay, uh, and so that, that interview with the professor was, uh, was a very successful interview. That convinced a lot of people to start looking into this. So
0: Oh, it was a wonderful interview. I, I, mean, I actually took, I have like a 10 page, 12 pages of notes I took. Anyway, so tell us what we're looking at. There are, our listeners are seeing this. York County, Pennsylvania, what are we looking at?
1: 67 counties in Pennsylvania. So this was not a Philadelphia-centric operation. Rudy Giuliani focuses a lot on Philadelphia, but Philadelphia did not have enough paper in that county to flip the election to Pennsylvania. You remember the numbers that Trump was piling up on election night, right? Oh yeah. Seven, 800,000 votes up in Pennsylvania most of the night. And there's 66 other counties. And they're not nearly as heavy as philadelphia is not even allegheny which is pittsburgh york county is uh bread and butter trump demographic it's always been pretty good republican turf but in 2012 2016 it continued to trend so look at these numbers you have the election in 2008 which was a peak for the democrats even though obama lost that county what we're looking at here is the dots on the bar on the line graphs are vote totals red being republican blue being democrat and you have the trajectories going to 2012, 16, and 20, you see with the blue line, a loss of membership in Democratic registrations brought about a loss of votes. So population growth is a key thing. This is why it's a lot harder to analyze Texas because I call Texas a horse race state in which both parties should be expected to gain votes like Florida. But in York County, you had a loss in Democrat membership, a slight gain in Republican membership, and the margin between the two parties became greater. So now this county is more valuable for the Republican nominee, and that year it was Romney. Then you see the massive gap form in 2016, where Trump goes up substantially in York County and Democrats drop. So why are they dropping that fast, and why are Republicans gaining that fast? If the population growth is limited, 3% is basically childbirth. That is not people moving for tech jobs Mm -hmm. like to Austin or people moving in for any sort of industry because the reason this area trended so heavily towards towards uh, populism, conservative populism in this case, is because of the trade deals that brought about Donald Trump. Yeah, And what we see here in uh, 2020, York County underwent another 3% move towards the Republican Party in registration. And that came with a loss of registered Democrats. That blue dotted line And hat tip to Mrs. K, Mrs. Keschel, for creating Mm -hmm. these uh, graphics. So she always gives me a hard time about my rough graphics I'll post on Telegram. But um, the dotted line, is the trajectory of where the Democrat vote was headed, down to about 63,000 votes. Instead, what we see here is a massive Trump increase in votes, and then tailing behind him and completely reversing the trend that is very obvious through the trends of where the Democrats have lost the working class. You have Biden eating up about 25,000 votes of defeat margin that are not there. This is simply one county. This is 25,000 votes in a state that was decided by 80,000 votes.
0: Okay, so to summarize very quickly, I'm sorry, Matt, one more time, put that up there just so I can make a, hope, intelligent comment. Your basic point in this is, in this uh, red being Republican, blue being Democrat, and the dotted line is showing what the trajectory should have been based on registration for the outcome of the 2020 election. So the end of the dotted line is where Biden should have ended up, but he ended up where the blue line shoots up, indicating that he got more votes than logic would suggest, even at the same time that, um, same time that, Trump is is shooting way up
1: exactly and the reason Trump shoots up by such a tremendous number you can look at the vote gains between McCain and Romney they're not substantial really anywhere in Pennsylvania until Donald Trump comes around and the reason they're substantial Macomb County Michigan's another one that's going to blow people away but um, the reason Trump shot up so fast is because he's converting old school two-time Obama voters the reason he flipped these states was because of Obama voters and they oh, continue yeah. to come to his side. So if they're going to, to the Trump camp and they're not registering new Democrats and the population growth is minimal or none or even negative in a lot of these cases, you don't even have these people on the rolls to be putting votes in like that.
0: Okay. I want to be sure. I want to talk big trends in a moment. But I like focusing on because this this is really helpful. I said so I'm not great with numbers. I also think visuals help a lot of people to stare at something like that versus just hearing numbers. So is it Butler County or Luzerne, either one of those better ones or Westmoreland, which we...
1: They're all they're all fine. Let's go to Luzerne real quick.
0: Luzerne, yeah, thanks.
1: So Luzerne County is another example. So this county trended another 7% more Republican in registrations since Trump won it in 2016. Luzerne happens to be a very important county because it's gone to the winner of Pennsylvania's electoral votes every year since 1936 without fail, regardless of party. So whoever carries this county carries Pennsylvania. Now Bellwether County. Right. It's a state Bellwether County. So Bellwethers can break and they do sometimes. And there were some that broke in 2016. And by the way. All numbers I have suggest that Trump did carry Clallam County, Washington. You would have had 19 out of 19 bellwethers perfect since 1980. But Luzerne, if a Republican carries Luzerne County in that time span, he's never failed to carry Michigan either. Pennsylvania and Michigan have the exact same voter profiles and trends. So, Luzerne County, you see Trump with a, a solid vote gain here in 2020 with a seven point Republican registration edge, yet Biden making up all those votes there made up about 20,000 votes by my estimates based on the trajectory. 1.1% growth is almost nothing. So these numbers are, they're shaving. Hey, what does the 1.1 refer to? 1.1% population growth in the last 10 years. Population
0: growth of the state. Of that county. Of that county, sorry, that county, yeah. And so again, in this county, uh, you, I, I mean, just, I, I want people to be able to walk away with a, you know, a three-point bullet point summary. What did this guy say that convinces me? Because your basic premise is, all the data you've looked at across the country, county by county by county, is that, Trump won in many counties and won many states that were given that were awarded to Biden. And your evidence of it is the comparison of voter registration trends versus outcomes. like the outcome did not parallel or did was not did not correlate with the voter registration trends.
1: Correct, and population growth is key. So like I mentioned in Texas, it's a bit difficult to peg where Williamson County's vote total should wind up. We have massive population growth. You can make an assumption that both parties should be gaining votes. Counties like this, it's obvious. And these trends, are go. they go back further than 2008. The reason I start with 2008 is because it shows the mountaintop first, Obama at the peak. For the Dems. Correct, yeah. and then gradually, and this is not stopped per the same registration data that we've seen from 08 to 12, 12 to 16 the working classes continue to leave the democratic party only seven counties in pennsylvania in the last four years trended more democrat in registrations than than uh than republican and most of those are in philadelphia area in the suburbs philadelphia county actually trended republican in registration
0: okay so you have i mean to be really clear you've gone through i mean you you, we you sent me very few slides are great they're really helpful graphics In Pennsylvania, as an example, have you looked at every county or maybe a tenth of the counties?
1: Every county in Pennsylvania I've analyzed. I found three that trended clean. Very small rural counties that had a, And this doesn't mean that they were completely clean. It just means the trends were clean. So if I'm showing you the trends violate the the almost physical laws nearly of these voter registration, these are very accurate indicators. And a lot of the people that forecast world events and financial issues, they actually look at indicators like voter registration rather than polls. Uh, The the slide for Macomb County, Michigan, is really telling as well if we want to jump to Michigan. okay, Macomb County, this is the home of the Reagan Democrats. Remember Ronald Reagan and speaking of Richard Barris, he called Trump's performance in the Midwest on election night before the shenanigans began. He called it a Reagan performance in the Midwest because that's exactly what it was. Here is Macomb County. Macomb County is a big county, over 800,000 population, but look at the left, you only have 3.9% population growth, which is pretty much childbirth. You don't have factories moving in there. You don't have uh, big tech. So this is a, a county that is impacted big time by the bad trade deals that Trump promised to reverse. And you can see the same exact pattern we saw in Pennsylvania. This is a Bush County from 04, when he actually came close to carrying Michigan. And then in 08, Obama took the county solidly. Because look, you see the mountaintop there. This this timeline's back to two thousand four. Yep. And then the same trend. The Democrats lose membership and they lose participation, but because Romney was what he was, no appeal to the working class, no conviction, no principles. Yeah. <laughs> no, very no, little no, gain. killed
0: much of anybody because <laughs> I don't
1: think much of Mitt Romney. But you have a four thousand vote gain in two thousand twelve. So that is very little crossover. But you go into twenty sixteen, look at the tremendous switch. Yep. Right, this is because of population growth, because it's not there, and because we're undergoing what's called a coalition shift. There are reverse coalition shifts. There are some counties becoming more Democrat in which they've, you can look at Northern Virginia, for instance, where Trump now has way fewer votes than Bush had 16 years ago there.
0: Well, the Washington right. DC bureaucrats, right. but. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's a Democrat, uh, that's a coalition shift in favor of Democrats. But if you look back at um, Macomb County, so Trump gained 34,000 votes off of Romney off of Romney's total. And Clinton lost 33,000 off of Obama's reelection total. Almost a one for one switch. That is because you had two time Obama voters in this region that that put Trump in office. And now this year, we have a record high Republican vote gain in Macomb County of 40,000 votes. The blue line is really severe here. The dotted blue line suggests that Biden's total would be around 140 to 145,000. And Trump is up 40,000, but instead what we got was Biden 48,000 over Clinton. So that is a gap of 70 to 90,000 votes more than I would have forecasted for Biden in this county. And this is 154,000 vote margin in Michigan statewide.
0: So in Michigan, this is a good example. Um, I mean, this is just a very small observation, but voter registration rising in states that can go either way and t- trend Democrat, but Republican voter registration going up is really an affirmation, before you even get to looking at the vote totals, it's an affirmation that the American people responding positively to Trump's policies. That's why they're turning Republican. You had the country, I mean, the validation of Trump's policies, his pro-America views, his America first. This was resonating even in a place like Macomb County, Michigan.
1: Absolutely, and if you want to talk about when a Republican is not popular as the nominee, you have a lot of examples. John McCain was flat to George Bush's reelection in raw votes everywhere and really even in Texas. And Mitt Romney was flat nationally to John McCain. He was up a little bit in some of the suburban states like this one. Trump was largely flat nationally to Romney, except for about a 2 million or 3 million increase. And most of that came from the big switches in the Rust Belt. He was weaker in Texas, Georgia, Arizona than normal. And now we have over across the way here in Tarrant County, the Republicans have been parked at the same, almost to the vote, to the same exact total with all the population growth as George W. Bush in 04. Not able to budge. Trump wins the county with fewer votes than Romney. In 2016, by nine points, and now has a Republican record vote gain in, T- in Tarrant County just to lose it for the first time since 1964.
0: So, actually, you know, we, we have many directions we could go. One thing I want to be sure, because I, I think it's for people who aren't numbers type people, the idea of what you're doing is not, it is just simply another way, another measure of how off base the election outcomes were in 2020, that the election outcomes were not consistent with what someone who's uh, analytical like you are, good with statistics, would have said. And I'll go back and say, you did again, uh, to be sure I got this right, you did predict Trump's victory in 2016?
1: I did, 50 out of 50. 50 out of 51, if you count D.C. That was a pretty 50 out of 50 states, yeah. you got right. I did.
0: Okay. So, you I mean, what, what I'm saying is obviously it gives you a tremendous amount of credibility, presumptive knowledge that you can look at this data and, and come up with actual, And because you likely recall in 2016, every pollster in America was posting all this, you know, whatever it was, Hillary has 96% chance of winning. I mean, everyone was saying she's going to win. And back then you were doing this kind of data and saying for sure Trump's going to win.
1: Absolutely, you have a lot of principles that would have had to be broken just for Clinton to become president. There was some legitimate concern about Trump based on the GOP civil war, especially the grief with Ted Cruz with a lot of the conservative base, but he was elected because of crossover voters in the Midwestern states. He was lighter in Georgia, Texas, and Arizona than normal, but all indicators from 2020 with raw vote gain in the Republican strongholds in suburbia suggest that Trump not only kept the working class, because he took Mahoning County, Ohio for the first time in 48 years. But he also piled up votes in Collin County, piled up votes in Denton County, way more than Republicans ever gained in these counties. So you cannot make the case that Trump lost suburban anybody, let alone suburban women who he actually supposedly gained two points with, even according to the mainstream media.
0: Okay, and so, I mean, we could, you sent me this data, which I love looking at, because it's really, it's it's very helpful to me to understand how you process this. But you're of the firm conclusion, based on the numbers you've looked at, that Trump won in 2020 and this election was stolen.
1: 100%, Trump carried Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Minnesota.
0: Okay, I'm sorry, I have to ask you to repeat those. Trump carried Arizona, Georgia.
1: All six of the main contested states. So that would be Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, and Minnesota.
0: He carried Minnesota? Yes. Oh, I have a soft spot in my heart for Minnesota. So anyway. there's, a,
1: there's a tweet that's still out there. The Internet keeps stuff, right? So Keith Ellison, the Attorney General of Minnesota, at 4 o'clock on Election Day, came out with a tweet and said he didn't have the votes in Minnesota to defeat Donald Trump. Okay, so this is 4 o'clock on Election Day. Wow, on Election Day? On Election Correct. Day? Correct, so we don't have the votes yet. So please get your friends and go out and go vote. And somebody can go ahead and tag that in my Telegram chat where we put our interview on, but that's out there. So you don't put a a tweet out like that just to have the state wind up seven plus percent for Biden, which is the same Obama Romney territory where the GOP wouldn't even contest that state. So why would Donald Trump's camp spend all that money advertising, visiting, campaigning in a state where he didn't even need it to win? He didn't have it in 2016, but he went after it just to lose it worse than Romney? Or as bad as romney did i have a these hard are, time with so, that
0: i mean i i'm so thrilled that and i actually everything you're saying it just validates or correlates with the common sense observation so many people had america was on fire it was doing well trump was doing was bringing policies to the fore that people wanted okay so i want to ask you you mentioned before we started about maricopa county and i will tell you i have been following maricopa county and i hear these little hints coming out there are more Mail-in ballots counted that weren't reflected in the mail-out portion. So what do you know about Maricopa County?
1: I do know that it's one of the most historically strong Republican counties in this country. The Democrats have not carried that county since 1948. So, 1948, so Harry Truman carried Maricopa County in 48. And since Truman carried the state of Arizona, it's only been blue one other time, Clinton's reelection. That was the state, not the county. Even Dole won Maricopa County when he lost Arizona. Trump in 2016, this is a lot like our neighbors across the way in Tarrant County, Trump had fewer votes than Mitt Romney did in Maricopa County in 2016, but still won the county by over 3%. Fewer
0: than Romney, but still won it. Correct, so he had
1: fewer votes than Romney in 2016 and still won the county by 3%. This year, Trump decided to go for a Republican record vote gain from the previous election in this county by 248,000 new net votes only to lose the county for the first time in 72 years. I don't know how much reality you need to suspend to buy that one.
0: Well, I mean, the current audit ongoing, I mean, I guess the um, cyber ninjas have wrapped up what they're doing now, the state Senate's looking at it. I'm not sure where the status is, but do you know anything else about what they have uncovered?
1: They're not done. That was an unupdated. It seems like something that was pushed to the front to make sure that this doesn't get obstructed by the mainstream media or anyone else trying to squash nationwide audits because as you may know from the War Room, there are many, well, I mean, there's tens of thousands of people that are highly active pushing for audits all over the place. I've only found two states so far out of about half the country that look to have trended clean with absolutely almost zero issues. But um, you have a ton of people going after audits nationwide. So they're not done. Um, I'm not sure what left is in their scope, but they had substantial issues that they presented before the Arizona Senate. So it is very clear, um, one of the things that people don't ask much that I ask is an adverb question is how much so, like, one reason people aren't paying attention to Texas, which needs an audit, or North Carolina, which needs an audit, is it's red on the map, so we're going to leave it alone. The same thing. Most of those counties out in the rural Pennsylvania are still red, so that's what you see, but you don't see the dots and the lines and how much. Um, in Arizona, it's a ten thousand five hundred vote gap between Biden and Trump. Extreme- the outcome,
0: alleged outcome was twenty twenty.
1: Correct. So, if one half of one percent of the two point one million certified ballots are either not present at all or illegitimately cast then you have a different result statewide and this is this would be the first confirmed wrongly awarded state in an electoral college decision ever since we had a first contested election in 1796.
0: okay so say in arizona which it does i mean i on election night everyone watched i don't, I don't know what I mean, fox was the one called arizona really early very bizarre and a lot of people were saying wait a minute that's awful awfully early to be calling that actually do you have any thoughts about that why would fox do that
1: Fox News was part of this operation. So Fox News had to be the one to call Arizona prematurely. So even if Arizona legitimately went to Biden, you can't make a call with 1% of the vote counted on a state decided by 10,000 votes yes. with any sort of knowledge that it was going to go for him. You might be able to call Massachusetts before the, you know, before <laughs> right right as the polls closed, but a state like Arizona with its history, okay, and with Trump's record performance also. So why did that have to happen? You had Trump uh, Trump had 204 electoral votes going into election night and that includes ohio and iowa which were not ever in play texas which he pulled and georgia yes and i I did say georgia and there's a good reason and you'll find out that in the coming months but that's 204 and then if you go in order of easiest to hardest you have north carolina which he wound up getting by one point which it should have been a lot more than that and then you have florida that takes you to 219 and then 248 then if you get arizona which is the most difficult of those three according to most numbers i've seen That's 259. And as that was going on, the numbers coming in from Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin were blowout territory. For Trump. Correct. So you had to make Arizona a must win for Biden at that point with North Carolina and Florida going for Trump. And if Arizona goes to Trump, then everybody's eyes are on Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin all night long because it's an election night victory on the spot for Trump. So there's a circuit breaker thrown into action on Arizona. Fox News calls it. Why them? 70% of Trump's base is watching Fox News coverage, not yeah. any other stations coverage because they've been kind of hoodwinked into watching that coverage. But um, the circuit breaker call in Arizona, that puts people to bed with the idea, hey, it's not going to be called tonight. They stopped the count in all these other states. And I remember well because I could not sleep at 3.40 in the morning, getting up, uh, going to the bathroom, thinking about getting up, put some coffee on. And I'm looking online and I see Michigan and Wisconsin are dumping votes out of Wayne County, Dane County, Milwaukee County. I mean,
0: adding in alleged mail-in ballots. means dumping votes.
1: Dumping votes, yes. There was a dump in Wisconsin at 3.42 a.m., 168,000 ballots, and they went 85% for Biden.
0: That sounds plausible.
1: <laughs> Correct. So, and in a state decided by less than 21,000 votes.
0: Gosh. Okay, so you're up during election night, and you're recognizing. So, three states where really the votes are being dumped are. Tell me again. The-
1: Michigan and Wisconsin were taken on the morning of November the fourth. Pennsylvania and Georgia took three days. Trump's leads were so large.
0: Okay, so you're Pennsylvania and Georgia. Trump really won. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, what do you know about the Georgia audit? I actually just interviewed Jody Heiss a few last two weeks ago or something, uh, and talking about the election audit that's ongoing there, and I think it appears that. Clearly, Trump won Georgia. Do you know anything about that?
1: I do. Um, So I've had a talk recently with a well-known Texas Republican who will debate me on this, and that's fine. Honestly, if I were to be wrong, this one in a haystack chance that I was wrong, it's a good thing for America because we have clean election systems. I'm positive, like at least with this Electoral College result. I'm not wrong. So if I'm right, then we have to get this thing right. So, you know, the argument would be made, well, the Democrats registered voters and turned voters out. Well, I have history I prefer to look to, you know, and, and basic margins in counties and the way the counties trend. There's only about five or six different types of counties in America and the way they trend politically. The ones in Michigan and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin are all alike, where the Republicans are going up. And if they're going up, Democrats have no other opportunity to be stable or going down. But with Georgia, you had um, Obama at 1.8 million votes in his reelection. He lost the state by, by five points to John McCain. Then he lost 70,000 votes. He was a weak incumbent. He lost 70,000 votes, and then you had Clinton gain 100,000 votes. So, ba- really, they're barely up after eight years over Obama 08 with Clinton. And this is with a horse race state that's growing in population, and Atlanta is becoming a big thing. Georgia, the ex urban Atlanta counties plus the rural areas, the strategy for Republicans to win is all those way more than metro Atlanta for the Democrats, Republican win. What you see in Georgia, though, now is after 104,000 vote. Uh, swath or the Democrats resided in for eight years, you have a Biden gain of almost 600,000 votes just out of nowhere with Trump with the 373 gain in Georgia, which is, and he only, he only gained 11,000 off of Romney four years before won the state comfortably one month after the Billy Bush tape dropped. So if you're really going to alienate the suburban vote, that would have been a good time to do it. Biden did not campaign in Georgia. Richard barris said it was a laughing stock the Atlanta Journal Constitution had a 7 point Trump race. Remember my law about Republicans leading in polls. Yeah. So, um my numbers suggest Trump's margin in Georgia was about what it showed on election night when the New York Times had the needle at 98% for Georgia with Trump up by over 300,000.
0: Okay. I want to so again to go back the total number of states you think Trump actually won in 2020, do you know the total number of states you think he won? I've got
1: the 32, so the 7 I gave you plus the 25 that he officially has on the books right now. And where Uh, would that
0: get him electoral college votes?
1: What would that get him in electoral college? Uh, That would go for 316. So Minnesota adding 10 votes.
0: So a very healthy healthy electoral Uh, college victory. So
1: 315 if you back off that one electoral vote in Nebraska, which also is something that's kind of at large that we're uh, going to need a little bit of digging into.
0: OK, I'm, I'm so impressed by your, uh, your numbers and ability to retain them and, and, and contrast. It's fabulous. You send me these other. Do we need to talk about these? Because otherwise, I want to ask you about working, who you're working with and all that. But
1: Sure, why don't we put up that presidential trend map? That's a good one just for people to have a base understanding US, of, yeah. of our elections. All right, so this is a this is the presidential trends map. Like I said, it's almost like Newton's laws of physics. An object in motion is going to continue in motion until Yes. So stopped basically until reversed. So politics are the same way. If if things continued, uh, if things continued indefinitely, as they are, the Democratic Party would be extinct in Pennsylvania everywhere except the southeast corner in Philadelphia. But as happens in politics, eventually the Republicans are taken over by rhinos. OK, and that, that will be the case basically eventually, if, if not counteracted, and then those working class states will resume their ancestral Democrat trajectory to a certain point. Now there's other states like like Florida. So if the Democratic Party becomes the party of AOC, which they very well most likely will if elections are left to the people, five of six Bernie voters, five of six voters under 30 in Democratic primaries voted for Bernie or Warren. So that means that the young people will eventually become that brand of Democrat. So you'll see places like Florida become 10 point plus Republican bastions. This map here, the crimson states are Republican strongholds. These are 10 plus point Republican victories. A lot of them, a lot more than that. Those are states where the Democrats don't contest, they don't spend money in. These are states where Trump doesn't need to campaign in or really any Republican at this point. The same is true of those dark blue states. Those are Democrat strongholds that are not contested states. Now, some of them, as we are finding for decades, may have a lot of irregularities and issues that make them that blue. But uh, that's not really the point right now. The middle shades, that middle shade of blue, you see Colorado and Virginia, those are states that are increasing. Those are getting stronger for Democrats, increasing Democrat. Colorado is based on registration trend. That's, a, that's political science to me. Virginia is based on the, the trends of the last six, eight, 12 years, uh, plus the Democrat uh, majorities up there in Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia is very heavy, outweighs the rest of Trump country. And then you have two states like that, North Carolina and Florida, that are increasing in Republican voter registration trends. So there's your documented, open source political science. That's why North Carolina, to me, is an extreme anomaly for this election, and is causing a lot of issues with voters there. Then you have the light states. The light blue states are states that are tightening for the Democrats. Nevada and New Mexico, in particular, have registration trends going towards the Republican Party.
0: What accounts for that in those two states?
1: you have a pretty strong contingent of Hispanic voters who are attracted to conservative populism. They're not attracted to tax cut republicanism. They're attracted to security, education, uh, a better economy. And uh, really, like, believe it or not, a lot of these Hispanic voters, they favor Trump's immigration proposals because that's going to provide better economic opportunity for them as well. believe that, yeah. And of course, if you look at Texas, he trended South Texas plus El Paso very heavily Republican, which makes the losses in margin everywhere else much more uh, curious. And then you have the light red states. Those are states that are tightening for Republicans, potentially. Um, We don't know how much because of the, the obvious statistical issues we have in the country right now, but those are states thought to be in the next decade that are not gonna be blowout cakewalk Republican states. So those are states where you're not gonna have 10 plus point, or maybe you got that in Texas, but not in Arizona and Georgia. And that's your map. So the key states in the map are the purple states there. That is the tipping point there. So if Trump carries Iowa and Ohio, were never in question this election. And you could see that by the fact that the Biden campaign didn't really even touch them. But Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, those states were going once again to decide this election. The reason you have the operation ongoing in Georgia and Arizona is to distract from the very obvious Morning of November the 4th, stealth operation, it wasn't really even very stealthy, in Michigan and Wisconsin. And then the three-day operation in Pennsylvania, and you had a three-day surgical removal of Georgia off of the Trump column.
0: Okay, surgical removal. Describe what you mean by that. I've heard you use that term before. What do you mean?
1: It was so clearly by 300,000 plus in the Trump column that in order to convert a 300,000 foot defeat into a victory, there had to be a long operation too find votes, and they kept finding votes in places like DeKalb County and Fulton County. Even now, they've found 2,500 net Biden margin that should be coming off of the rolls, uh, just based on double, triple scan ballots and other forms of of election fraud. And that's just in one small look. So you were going to see a lot worse. Trump's margins were destroyed in ex-urban Georgia and in northern Georgia, this stronghold where the Republicans always overwhelmed the vote from Atlanta. That's going to come out okay surgical removal
0: i I love that term okay so you have been extraordinary i meant to mention at the start of the show you have been posting charts and graphs and links to articles on telegram and honestly i'm gonna have to get better about it i don't really use telegram but i I could i could you know get going telegram but um i mean I, i think i have an account but i don't do anything there really but you this is a great source for my listeners i can't figure which camera we're using here matt but anyway where i want to encourage people to go get a telegram account get a Telegram account. And it's really funny, my husband was actually the one who got on Telegram first and saying, you gotta look at this, Seth Kessel guy, my gosh. And he's got charts and data. Because what happens is the issue of election fraud and the elections of 2020 is so emotional, many people arguing, can you just shut up? It's over, we have to move on. Come on, we gotta move on, stop talking about it. And so the people, you have to have a better answer than, well, Trump had big rallies and Biden had nobody. We have to have data and arguments to continue the discussion. And then the audits, of course, which is why I opened the show talking about what Steve Toth is suggesting in Texas, the audit. So I want to hit a couple of other things. So you're working, creating all this data. Are you working with other people who are involved in the election integrity thing? Are you kind of working with Sidney Powell, who's a friend, with, are you helping them with this data?
1: Absolutely. So first off, I'd like to commend your husband. We tall people, we, uh, we yes. think. Yes, <laughs> you're both uh, six, six. that's yeah. right. So we, we, both, we both think alike. So uh, hat tip to your husband. Um, with the, the other um, information here, we can, I could show people at least five reasons right off the top of my head why Trump won the election that has nothing to do with any specific swing state. You know, there's been four presidents not elected, not re elected since 1912 when we began primaries, and all of them had 73% or less of the primary vote. So if you have a mortally wounded incumbent president in a primary, they're not going to be reelected. Well, Trump had 94% in the primaries. Reagan had 98%. So I think Trump's was the second highest in the primary era for a Republican, which that's just one reason. But um, am I working with anybody? Yes. Um, we have these America first audits. So I'd like to, I'd like to uh, hat tip a lot of people. David Clements, the professor from New Mexico, who would be an outstanding guest for your show, he's somebody who has held out against academia. Uh, they've been trying to cancel him for as long as you could cancel somebody, and he's held on, kind of like one of those beetles that won't go down your sink when you try to put the <laughs> put the water on. The, okay, so that's, yeah. that's David. Um, he also does an outstanding Lin Wood impersonation, and he puts mine to shame. Oh my so,
0: gosh! Okay, that's funny. Right. Go ahead. So yeah.
1: so so David and I are are collaborating on the audits to put, uh, so Steve Bannon referred to me as the quartermaster, which I was an intelligence officer. Uh, quartermaster is not really the most fancy branch, but equipping these groups because we can't, one person can't do it all. And, right. and I'm not saying I'm even capable of doing it all, but I can go with this 30,000 foot view with this knowledge of history and trends and equip people and show you out of over 3,000 counties, like here's the ones where you're wasting your time in. You know, it's a waste of time to go after Detroit. Waste of time
0: to audit these particular counties. Correct.
1: You know, if you're in a Republican state, like even like Texas, it would be a waste of time to try to even look at Travis County based on who governs that area locally. But if Texas were to do a statewide audit like Representative Toth has proposed, then all that would get fronted. Um, So yes, we're working on that. There's a number of of well-known people that are out there who are are working in various circles. Um, I mean, of course you have Sidney Powell's team, you have um, General Flynn is big on the election integrity side. Um, General Flynn and I have collaborated on, in fact, we have an article that's supposed to be coming out pretty soon, which is aimed at, the 20% or so of the people that can still be persuaded of this. And that is why I don't jump up and down and, and, and scream various things. Like I present the information and I let it speak for itself.
0: The, the General Fund article 20% who can be persuaded that election fraud occurred. Is that right?
1: So, if okay. I, I believe the number from Rasmussen, um, I, I, I estimated at one point that about 45 to 50% of the country believed the election was fraudulently decided. Rasmussen's number was 51%, and they actually got yes. that number a couple times. The reason I find it credible, probably within a few points, is because sentiment usually pulls much more accurately than candidates. Candidate polling has an issue called social desirability bias, and it was really bad in the Trump era where this suburban women doesn't want to be polled. And even telling a stranger, I'm voting for Trump, a lot of times would be withheld. Right. So you'd have these races that are 44 percent to 38 percent. Well, you know, where's the other 18 percent? It's sitting in Trump. But they're you know, that's why the polls are the way they are. But sentiment, you can run down to Austin right now. And I bet you that two thirds of the people are good with the Second Amendment.
0: Yeah. Where is the article coming out? What publication?
1: We don't have that one yet. He, he has a lot of different people that publish articles. So a lot of them are in the Western Journal, but I'm not sure yet.
0: Okay. I, I love you doing that. So you're working with Lieutenant General Flynn, whom I adore uh, and, and respect, and, and Sidney Powell. Um, and so all, it's a really funny thing. You know, the uh, discussion people sometimes have about, you know, 10 different eyes looking at elephant and someone says, you know, they have one, they see the trunk, they see the whatever other piece of the elephant. And and, um, the concept about election fraud, I think people want it to be a really clear thing, like a bank robbery occurs and there you have it, the video camera caught him, there's the bad guy. And it's that clear and the truth is there are many different people working at showing the implausibility of this most recent election cycle of the outcome uh they're trying to show what lindell is trying to talk the, the data pack is flowing back and forth from china and flipping electronic votes you have which is related to what russ ramson was trying to describe in his research showing that uh and then you have douglas douglas frank who's uh also working with, um, he's actually working with census data and making predictions and all these things, it can make people think that the, that the people questioning elections are engaged in inconsistent uh, research. And the fact is, it's all consistent, it's one elephant or it's one thing, which was election fraud and different ways you go at proving it. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah, election fraud is very hard to challenge in court. You do have some precedent of races that were wrongfully decided with election fraud that have been reversed in state houses and um, lower offices. And so never, this is an unprecedented thing. That's why when people ask, what do you think is going to happen? The only answer you really have is what's going on right now is potentially unprecedented in, in American history. Right. So you've had ugly elections before. 1960 had the potential to be, t- potential to be ugly. 1800 was ugly. That was Adams and Jefferson who were enemies almost till the very end of their lives. But um, you've had ugly elections. 2000 was fairly ugly, but this one is extra ugly. And everything in history is unprecedented at one point until it happened. So you don't really know, but like it's very clear if you look at the Trump team's communications, if these audits in Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and absolutely the domino will continue to go as long as stuff comes out of that that is fruitful, it is very clear that that camp is planning on mounting a legal challenge to these results again. So um, the, the Trump camp, correct? Yes, yeah. very clear. Like he's well, saying things like, "You got to take the diamonds back." Well, why would you say that if you were just going to let this roll? But you have to allow this to come out. And there's people that are like, "Why are we doing this eight months late?" Because the initial challenges were thrown out by the courts. They never called any witnesses. Right. We, had, we had thousands of affidavits. Professor Clements read every single one of them. And they were all, and a lot of them, formed a trend. There were were affidavits in a trend in Arizona, talking about the machines and the Sharpies issues. And that, according to the audit, seems to be a pretty substantial issue. You have affidavits showing that mail ballots unsolicited are being sent to people who are incarcerated and not eligible to vote. So how many in a state decided by just over 10,000 votes is that? You have all sorts of allegations from every state that are substantial. None were heard the cases were thrown out procedurally for lack of standing. Texas versus Pennsylvania was lack of standing. Yeah, yeah. So we've never really aired this out.
0: I couldn't agree more. And it kind of ties to the point I want to remember to make. So people in Texas who are saying, you know, I don't understand why we're talking about auditing Texas, we're okay with Texas, it came out right. Let me tell you why. Even if it's true that the outcome of Texas is accurate, say every single office holder, state rep, state senator, all the offices were correctly, the winner was awarded the race. The issue is this. If you had, for example, millions more votes for uh, that were awarded to Biden that didn't exist, that were manufactured, that were inconsistent, or somehow there were millions of votes, and it was not the case that that actually happened is a psychological effect on voters. You can start to think, well, I I thought Texas was really a great state, or I thought that Trump had really great policies, and it seemed like most people liked the policies, but look around, uh, here I am in the great state of Texas, and Biden got, you know, whatever the number is, I don't even know what it is, but it's a a psychological thing. You start to question your political bearings and wonder, well, I wouldn't, but people who are are, are not serious about politics, people who participate on election day and then tune out, they are persuaded by inaccurate numbers, even if the outcome didn't change. And so to correct and say, well, actually, you know, Biden really got 1.4 million fewer votes than it appears, than appeared on election day. These are helpful. And people, the other reason why these kind of audits should occur and investigation should occur and exposure is because American people are actually entitled to the truth. Texans and Americans, we are entitled to truth. We're entitled to know who actually won. What the numbers were, were entitled. We certainly should have exposure of people who knowingly counted votes. For example, in Arizona, if they really had this, whatever the number was, 72,000 votes, mail-in ballots that came in that had never been mailed out, and that turns out to be true, which is just one of the stories floating, Yes, yeah, so there should be accountability, legal accountability, jail time. There has to be a sense in America that we take our elections seriously, we have transparent elections, and when people commit fraud, they actually are going to be prosecuted. This kind. If we don't have that, then everyone just throws their hands up and says, why participate? Why should I if the entire system is rigged? Um, so that's my little soapbox thing, but we have to care and continue pursuing this, even though you will have more and more people on our side, of the, on the conservative side of the aisle, saying, well, this is kind of unseemly. Okay, I, I talk to political consultants sometimes, I mean, on the conservative side. A lot of them will tell their own clients, candidates, who lost elections, and it appears very likely due to fraud, And they'll say, well, you know, it's really unseemly. You know, we we don't do this because it it makes you look like a sore loser and we'll get them next time. So the consultant class is encouraging candidates to just give in and not fight against election fraud. And the fact is, folks, if it turns out that Biden won by even more votes than were acknowledged on election night, I just want the truth, whatever it is. And every single American should want the truth because it changes everything. If Biden didn't really win and America liked the America first policies, and we actually want a secure border and a strong military and free markets and capitalism, we don't want to have everything manufactured abroad. Everything Trump did. If people want that, that shapes America. If people want what the left wants, abandon the southern border, defund the police, these completely idiotic, destructive of America policies, and that's really what won? Then it's a whole different ballgame. What conservatives should do politically? That case, conservatives have to decide do a better job of making the arguments about why their ideas are right. But you can't even move forward in political activity if you don't know the truth about what happened. Sorry, that's my, that's my soapbox thing. Okay. So if you're working with all these things, I was going to ask you. You kind of alluded to it, but you know, what is going to happen? So, so so say that you everything you have pr- saying is accurate, and the country knows. And I know you're not, it's not, you're not in charge of the country, but if the country knows actually Trump won the states, and he won the Electoral College uh, handily, then what do we do with that?
1: First thing I think we should do is recommend a book. One of my favorite books to recommend is called The Fourth Turning by Howe and Strauss. Every 80 years, the country undergoes a fundamental reset, and that is lockstep with the founding of the nation. So you had the first one in the 1780s. This is the end of the American Revolution and the founding of the Constitutional Republic. 80 years after that, you have the next fourth turning, a fourth turning being a crisis period that ushers in an era of a first turning as a peaceful era. The 1860s was the culmination of the Civil War and Reconstruction. And then 80 years after that, you have the end of World War II and the emergence of America as a global superpower. Well, now we happen to be 80 years after the decade that World War II ended in. So I do believe that naturally we are in a culmination to this era where all these tensions are going to ease at some point. Now, whether that's a positive end or a negative end is to be determined. But you're absolutely in unprecedented waters. So even if all of Biden's votes are legitimate, I like to say this statement. If all Biden's votes are legitimate, do you want to be the nation, the most powerful nation on earth that counts its votes at 3.42 in the morning after everybody's in bed and you wake up and you find out, hey, I thought he was up by 700,000 votes in that state? Of course they had the narrative. Bloomberg put an article out that called a red mirage for Trump on election night as they've got COVID worked out to gram all these absentee ballots down everybody's throat. So that's, that's the first point, but where do I see it going? If Arizona and Georgia gush out what appears to be in the statistical numbers. So here's what I am. I'm the guy that you get your thumb pricked at the doctor and the doctor runs your lab values and comes back and says, hey, Debbie, you've got this one value that's way elevated. It doesn't mean you have this disorder, but we should evaluate you for it. That's where I am. So I see this, um, basically I see the 600 pound guy and I'm telling everybody on the ground to go find the soda and the donuts, so to speak. <laughs> right, so that's where we're at with this. But um, you know, if the numbers come out from Arizona and Georgia or Pennsylvania, you're going to go from 51% of the country who has issues with this election or outright believes it was rigged to two thirds of the country. Right. I mean, a super majority of this country. And you cannot have a republic that will stand or last long-term with people who don't trust the system of addressing your issues with the government. Because that's how we have lasted for so long is because we've believed in our system of self-governance. And if that is taken away from you, then you no longer have America.
0: Exactly. You have
1: something, but it's not the constitutionally founded republic.
0: I often say you have America or not America. I mean, it's one or the other. Okay, uh, I could talk to you for two hours, but I believe we're about out of time. Uh, First of all, thank you for coming. If I didn't cover anything you really want to get out today, now's your chance. Anything else you really wish we had covered?
1: Yes, I think everybody that's watching this who finds these numbers credible, that's what I want to be. I'll talk with anybody about this. Um, Every state rep I've shown these numbers to, state senators, anyone that I've gone over stuff remotely with, um, they've been convinced of the issues with the trends and the numbers. Um, I want everybody that cares about this to get involved. Okay, no more sitting on the couch. No more sitting around hoping that somebody else fixes your issues. No more worrying about cancel culture, okay? They can cancel people, but if you're willing to live on your knees for a pension, then your pension is going to be useless if this, entire com- if this entire country comes to be governed like the state of California. Your pension, especially military pensions, law enforcement pensions are going to be stripped to pay for illegal immigration, to pay for climate change, to pay for reparations, you name it. So that is not an excuse to sit around and be quiet. So if everybody's involved, and that can be as simple as getting to your school board meetings, getting into your city council meetings, keeping an eye on what's going on, because the Clinton machine went into the cities and undermined all the city governments. Now you have every, almost every major city in America is a gushing cesspool of left-wing thought, and that doesn't really represent most people when you go around and start talking with folks.
0: Great idea. Actually, it's a great segue to my last point. I'm going to, or my next uh, topic, which is about what's happened in France. They got 114,000 people in the streets, and the president, Macron, just said, you know, on second thought, we're going to back off on this COVID passport. We'll get to that in a moment. Seth Keschel, this was so informative. Again, people want to follow you. They should go mainly to Telegram.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking about doing away with my Twitter account. There's, I'm suppressed by at least 20 times on Twitter. Um, even my follower count doesn't grow. So I find it kind of a fruitless platform. So my Telegram handle is at Real S. Keschel, K-E-S-H-E-L. So uh, welcoming new followers. At Real. Yep. S. S-keshel, keshel, K-E-S-H-E-L. S. keshel
0: at Real S. keshel. Okay, we should have had that up in your crime. We'll get that up later. At Real S. Keschel.
1: Yep, on Telegram.
0: Okay, on Telegram, and honestly that's a really, really great source. And it is really the one that's now not being censored as the other um, social media giants are censoring at the other platforms. Well, so. and
1: it's great, it's great for collaboration, group work, um, rooms, video chats, audio chats, and dropping files. You can just load files, Excel sheets, anything you want on there. It's a, it's an outstanding platform.
0: Okay. Seth Cash, I cannot thank you. No, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate thank you. you. Yep, I enjoyed it. Okay. My friends, we have one more quick topic, and I do mean very quick topic. Um, so, again, we have a funny thing with the cameras today. Okay, I'm going with the middle there, Matthew the Wonderful. Um, so, we, we have a funny thing shifting cameras today. Last thing I want to say, quick topic, is I showed you yesterday uh, what was happening in France and how they had now 114,000 people in the streets protesting against a mandate put in place by President emmanuel macron i think i called him prime minister yesterday which he was previously now he really is president but in any case the gist of what happened was the people in the streets saying no to vaccine passports the concept that they are going to be told you can't go to restaurants you can't go to the mall you can't go to public stores can't go anywhere without a vaccine passport and the people pushed back so hard so vociferously so loudly in the streets saying we're not complying with this we're just not complying with vaccine passports, that at the end of the day, the Macron administration pulled back. Now they didn't pull back entirely, so they got a little more protesting to do, but this was not a violent protest, was not destruction of anything, but it was the people in the streets saying, you know, we're the people, and this is not a, uh, you know, they are kind of socialists there, but this is not a communist country. You're not in charge. We the people are. And the answer of Emmanuel Macron is say, okay, okay. So he greatly limited his vaccine passport thing. Now it only applies to some kind of big mega mall type places, really big places. It's really not a full concession, but it is Macron saying, you know what? Uh, I, I can't put up with this. So to the point that Seth Keschel was making just a moment ago. There has never been a more more important time in America, around the world, but in America, for the American citizens to engage politically. It is great to sit at home and follow the news and read articles online and discuss at the dinner table. Hey, you know, this is really bad. Did you know this or that? You got to engage. It does not mean you have to necessarily run for office, although you should take a look at some of the uh, the, uh, resumes of people who win seats on city council, on school boards, for mayors. You, many of you, have the resume uh, at least as strong as many people who actually win office. All that's missing is that people who win office are willing to stand up in the morning, get out the front door, and go campaign and try to seek political office. But... In this world today, in America, you have the left stridently determined to shut down all conversation about election fraud. That's why the show cannot go out on YouTube, this show today, because it would be taken down. I would get my, I don't even know how many strikes I have with YouTube, but this show would be taken down and the, uh, the effort I'm making to get the word out to you would be crushed. So we have to go to new platforms. You have to get comfortable using new platforms. Use Rumble. I mean, I like when you watch my show at my website dot org. Go to my website, watch the show there. Also put the show out afterward on Rumble. It's out on Right Side Broadcasting. It's on Parlor and the new t- the the new uh, platform or Not that new anymore, but fairly new platform that Seth Keschel uses so successfully is Telegram. On Telegram, you can put something up, you can put a URL link, say, hey, check this out. Some people go to Instagram for political news. Wherever you go, adjust your sources, be willing to look at new places, get the facts straight, and then be active. Because if the people in France had not turned out on the streets of France... They would have the vaccine passport barreling toward them. Contrast that, for example, in the United Kingdom, where they have been on lockdown since I don't know how long, Katie Hopkins, who is going to be coming to our conference next month, Katie Hopkins reports on this, there is essentially been created a two-tiered society. People who are allowed to go out of their houses and do anything, and people who are forced to stay home because they don't have a vaccine passport. It really is becoming a rights issue. So back to America, if you don't like all that you're learning about election fraud, if it concerns you, get active. Get on Telegram and then share what you learn on Telegram with your 25 best friends. Get more people understanding the issues. Make calls to your state legislators and state senators. Let them know what you think. Let them know you like the idea of election audits. You can be active in many, many ways. And the people who were elected to office, and I do not mean this as an unkind remark, because many people run for office for the right reasons. They run for office because they believe in certain things or they're opposed to certain things, they wanna stand up for something. But people who get to office and they wish to continue to be reelected to office, they care about two things, money to run and votes. And if they get worried that their constituents don't like what they're doing, their constituents are telling them, stop doing this, or support this, or oppose this, the more they hear from you, the more they're gonna say, you know what? I kinda don't wanna support this, but I don't wanna lose my position, so I'm gonna support it. This is what you need to do. You and everyone else who cares about this precious country. Get on board, get active, get in the fight. I close the show every day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started first thing today. We started with uh, talking about the Texas state rep, uh, Steve Toff, has introduced a bill. Uh, it's House Bill 241, and it's calling for an audit of the election in Texas's 13 most populous counties. The mockery mob has already started. Uh, why have an audit when no one's questioning the results? It's too late for an audit. We need the machines for the next election. All sorts of reasons they're putting out there. Even if the bill doesn't precisely, exactly uh, set out a a procedure that they can use to do this audit, the concept is saying we're going to have an audit and you're going to listen to us, uh, you people in the um, government, we're going to have an audit. The people want one. The people want to have the, the results of this election audited. They want to know the truth tell them that they can fix the details in the bill they can fix the details they need you to tell them that you want that okay so today in america at least one-third of adults believe that joe biden won due to election fraud uh including as you were hearing from seth Keschel, 33 percent of democrats understand this trust in our system is an all-time low an audit can include checking both vote count and review of whether procedures were followed america can we talk proposal have audits in every state after every election with the areas to be audited randomly selected after the election is over. Adjust the rules about how long data is kept. Machines are accessible to accommodate this. We can accommodate this. We have to make it the law. Why would any honest election official or a political party oppose this? And on the Macron U-turn, on, on the vaccine passport and why it matters, just since yesterday, French President Emmanuel Macron Reversed course on his vaccine passport policy. Now it applies only in very large malls, leaves small shopping areas and restaurants free from the policy. It's not a full reversal, but it's a start. Macron's draconian rule was reversed because the people spoke up. Literally crowds in excess of one hundred and fourteen thousand people, which is a lot in France, showed up in the streets to oppose Macron's VAC Pass order. UK is now entering a medical apartheid phase where unvaccinated will remain a de facto lockdown and Canada is now requiring vaccine passports. Politicians need to hear from the people in peaceful orderly ways, from calling for real, for election audits, to pushing for election integrity bills, to opposing draconian COVID lockdowns and vaccine passports The people in America have an important role in holding on to our country and to our liberty. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. America Can We Talk is where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time.
1: America Can We Talk. Truth About America.